I'm pretty sure that's my fault for not switching it on. Forgive me, I am multitasking today, but that's all right. Today I've got a message entitled for you that is all about following Jesus. Did you know in the Bible that Jesus uses that phrase again and again and again? He says, follow me. It's a bit like Jesus' catchphrase. I'm not saying that Jesus has a catchphrase, but you know how people use the same phrases again and again and again? You get to recognize them and Pastor Steve walks on every time with the kids and he goes, awesome! And I don't know what I do. I'm not telling you what they are. In the office, we have a joke about what, our, what those things are. But I think Jesus used that phrase, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. It's recorded about 23 times just in the Gospels. And actually, that concept about somebody following Jesus is used again and again and again. When he met Lazarus up a tree, he was like, I'm coming with you. It's all in that same vein of following me. But the key verse today that I want us to focus on is from John 10, verse 27. And it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Okay, so that's going to be the key verse. We're going to have a look at that one. Then we're going to have a look at some of the other times where Jesus tells somebody else, to follow me. So that verse says, my sheep listen to my voice, or in some older translations, hear my voice. It's that thing about knowing and recognizing God's calling, knowing that he's asking you something, recognizing this is God, and then doing something about it. And because I know what's causing that funny little flickering light, we'll just turn that one off and it should, hasn't solved everything. I'm sorry. We know Jesus' voice. It's a bit like, you know, a dog doesn't speak English. But yet people stand on their doorstep and shout commands to their dog. Your dog does not know what the word sit means. It doesn't even know what you've chosen to call it as a name. It doesn't understand the language. And when you say play dead, roll over, time for dinner have a wee, whatever it is. When you're absolutely fuming mad with your dog, it doesn't know. And when you're speaking on the telephone to a cold call that's happened, your dog doesn't know whether you're speaking to it or the person on the telephone. How the dog knows what's on TV or not, I don't know. But it does, doesn't it? In exactly the same way, that we should know the voice of Jesus. And we should recognize it, and it should be so familiar to us that when Jesus speaks to you, we know that is from God. In the same way, when you shout your dog or your pet or your child, mind you, they're not very good at listening either, are they? (laughs) Those things, they intrinsically know, this is something that I need to listen to. That's what the start of this voice is of my sheep, my people listen to me. They grasp it, they connect with it. That's what we're supposed to be with God, that when Jesus speaks to us, something in us comes to attention, we give God attention and we listen. Okay, so that's the first part of that voice verse. The next part of that vo- verse is, I know them. So this is Jesus saying, he knows you. Because there's one thing about us knowing and recognizing Jesus, but when Jesus knows us, that's something that's incredible. Because 
This stops just being a casual relationship and starts to be a known, knowing relationship. This is all part of Jesus being the good shepherd and Jesus saying, I know you, I know what's good for you, I know what you're going to need, I know where you can be. Do you know the best thing about Jesus is when he knows you, he doesn't know your reputation from old. You know, when I meet somebody on the street, the first thing I do is I remember who they were and what they were as their reputation. Yeah, that's how as humans we generally interact. When God sees you, he sees your potential and who you're going to be first. Think about that. Because actually he chooses to not remember our past. He chooses to remember what is ahead. He chooses to see us in the eyes of eternity, not what's gone behind. Because our sins are gone, wiped out, brand new day, full repentance, and all he sees is what he's got ahead for you. All he sees is, this is my son, my daughter, whom I love. And then he sees all that he's got ahead for us. He doesn't see us with, oh, I wish you'd have been different. Oh, I wish you'd have not done that. Or if you've had a dog, I wish you hadn't eaten so much grass or eaten that thing that you shouldn't have done. Or We had a dog when we were growing up that used to like to... He wasn't a well-behaved dog. <laughs> and he ate the extension leads, he ate... You know, there's... But actually, we remember that. When you chewed up a cushion, God doesn't remember it. When you did something on the floor because you couldn't keep it in until you were let out, God doesn't remember it. You know, that's the truth. All that God sees us is the incredible future that he's got if we live it right before him. So I know them. When you say that, don't think about God knowing your past. He does. But what he really knows is what you're going to need for all that is ahead. And the last part of that verse is, they follow me. They follow me. That's a place of um, trust. It's a place of actually saying that God is going to give us all that we need, so we just need to trust in him. That's, we're going to come across that later on, but it's putting aside our own selfishness of what we think is best for us right now based on our history. Do you know when something goes wrong in life, it's very easy to curl up in a ball, stay away from everybody, build a big wall up and say, I'm staying and hiding here and protecting myself. And actually, that doesn't achieve what God's got ahead for you. Whereas what God does is he puts his arms around you. He takes you into the next step. He puts you into a safe place and he prepares all that we need. Think about the images in the Bible. So often God's arms around you, his shield is around you, his wings around you. There's a table for you where? In the presence of your enemies. Not hidden in a hole, but actually God provides for you right where you're at all that you need for everything that's there. That's what following Jesus actually does, is it puts us into a place of safety. If you want safety, go and stay near the shepherd because he's got a big crook and he's going to send you to a field that's going to be good for you. And you know what? He's already looking for the next field before this one is empty of grass. He's already looking for the next provision. He's already looking for the next place of safety for you. Because that's what God does. But it takes us, like sheep do, sheep don't think, ooh, I know, you've got it wrong, shepherd. I'm going to go in a car three streets down because there's better grass over there. And they might jump over the wall and it's the shepherd's job to go and get them because he can't protect them in, in another pen. 
but he can when he's close to them. And it takes us doing exactly the same thing of following what God wants for us. So have you got that verse? Great. So that wasn't my sermon, by the way. That's free time. You're not allowed to start the clock yet. And there isn't a countdown timer on the back for me either. So I have no idea today. You're all good, aren't you, till three in the afternoon. So Jesus used this phrase, follow me. Oh, his pastor's got the clock. What we're looking at. Oh, I've got plenty of time yet. That's fine. Jesus used this phrase, follow me, lots of times, and he often used it in one of four different categories, okay? So the four different categories that he used it was a direct calling, called somebody by name, when he's basically saying, don't be distracted by something else that's going on, when he says, deny yourself, and when he says, depend on me. So they're going to be our four points, and I'm going to shove all the verses into one of those four categories, because they all fit reasonably well. Good enough for the illustration today. So when you're talking about a direct calling from God, that's the first point. This is where Jesus is really calling his disciples. He's calling an individual, and he's saying, I want you to be fishers of men. And there should be a list coming up on your screen of all the times where he uses that. So that's in Matthew 4.18, Matthew 4.21, Matthew 9.9, etc. You've got them on the screen. So in Matthew 4, he's calling Peter and Andrew, James and John. In Mark, he's calling Simon and Andrew. Um, in, let me get my pages in the right order. Then in Luke, he's calling Levi. In Mark, he's calling Levi. He then calls Matthew. He then calls John Philip. Okay, so you've got that. That's Jesus calling individual people on the way through. And Jesus called people by name. And actually, God calls each one of us by name. He does. And actually, it says that God knew about us and had a calling for us before creation even came, before we were even thought about. He knew about you, and he said, you are one of my chosen people. And you might think, God doesn't want me, I'm not worthy. And actually, God says, I chose you before you made any mistakes, and I've chosen you after that. Do you remember that bit at the beginning? God doesn't see your past. He just sees what's ahead. So God calls you based on what's ahead because he has a plan for each and every one of us. But there's a lesson to learn from Matthew 4 verse 21 when Jesus called James and John. Jesus called them and it says in verse 22, Matthew 4:22, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Okay, so that's something that's a bit unusual because you've got two guys here at work in the family business. That's all they know. That's all they do. We can't find a couple of better girls jokes. So I'm sure somebody upstairs just needs to quit on the words working this morning or something um, because you've got the wrong theme on in Pro Presenter. This was, did it start off with Nan? That's all right. All that means is this was last used, or the, the sermon notes that were up there were last used at Christmas, and that was their prompts of Nan's script came up on the screen. There's nothing on my screen today, so I can't tell you. <laughs> so you've got James and John, and it says that immediately they left their boat. They left their family business. They left their 
father, they left their family, they left everything and their life completely changed. They stopped being fishermen and they started to be something else. They started to be Jesus' disciples and actually that changed them entirely. But it wasn't something that they did in a long-term decision. In 10 years' time, when this is sorted, this is sorted, and this is sorted, then I'll follow Jesus. Actually, they went and did it immediately. They left their financial source, their job, their pension. They left their family. They left their home. They left all their friends. They left everything that was aside for them. And that would have been marriage. It would have been taking over the business. It would have been somebody else's boat. It would have been all sorts of things in their life. Their whole social standing and their stability was taken, well, not taken away. They gave it up in one moment and just chose to say, everything is going to be for God. It doesn't even say that they went home to pack an overnight bag. It doesn't actually say that they went back home really ever again. Because in other places, don't bother going home, you've got everything you need. So actually, that's sort of the symbolism that's attached here. Do you know, every disciple could have decided to quit any day. And every day they chose to follow Jesus. They were nearby enough home that on any day that they felt hungry, They could have just gone back home. You know, Jesus even talked about the Good Samaritan. You know, they went off, but actually when he went back home, he was provided for. And yet the disciples chose every day, I'm going to completely trust in following Jesus. It's a decision that me and you have got today as well. Because it's easy when a preacher's preaching a great sermon to say, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. But tomorrow morning when you've got to get up and go to work or the bill comes, or you've got something else going on, that gets harder to choose to completely follow Jesus. Because, well, I'll do that on a Sunday. Well, I'll do that when I've got space. I'll do that when something else is sorted out. And actually, Jesus is calling you today. And he's saying to you, today, follow me. Have you got that? So that's one of the big points um, in that is... decide to follow Jesus. So the next one, it's another D because it's a good sermon illustration. Don't be distracted by the words not working, by anything else not happening. Don't be distracted. And this is used in Luke 9, 59, in Matthew 8, 22, in John 21, 19, and 21, 22. And this is, somebody said, or Jesus said to somebody, follow me in Luke 9.59, he replied, first let me go and bury my father. Do you remember that story? And actually, Jesus is saying, don't be distracted by other stuff that's happening in the world. Don't be distracted by something else. Just follow me. You know, even Peter didn't quite grasp all of this. And Peter, you know, he denied Jesus three times after Jesus is risen. Peter and Jesus are eating breakfast together and he says, feed my sheep, love my sheep. And actually, he's he's basically preparing Peter. And Peter just isn't getting this. So guess what happens at the end of this? Peter says to him, follow me. And you read it there in John 21. And it says, just follow me. Jesus says, just follow me. Do you know when there's so much distraction in the world, when the stuff that you don't understand how it's going to work, when you don't understand what God's plan appears to be doing on planet Earth or in your life, just follow 
Jesus. Peter became the bedrock of church. You know, it's not long after this, of his total confusion denying Jesus, that he went and preached and 3,000 people got saved. And actually, he just had to learn to simply follow Jesus. It's a real simple command for us all, really, isn't it? Just follow me. So the next one in the D's is deny yourself. It's really hard, isn't it, denying yourself? So in Mark 8, 34, Matthew 10, 38, Matthew 16, 24, Luke 9, 23, Luke 14, 27, and John 26, 16. There's loads of these verses that all talk about denying yourself or taking up your cross or something like that. So if you read Luke 9, 23, he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That's a real tough something to do, isn't it? Do you know, as humans, we are really selfish. Really selfish. I don't get why God created us as such selfish beings, because if you put us on an elastic band, we always end up back in the selfish place. We might like to think we're not. We might like to think we're not selfish, but in the end, hunger takes over, breathing takes over, you know, why? Because self-preservation is built into us. And actually, what is self-preservation? Me. Every part of us is designed, well, it's not designed by God, but has this me in it. It becomes about me. It becomes, I need to survive. And giving ourselves to God and following Jesus is about denying ourselves, denying our selfishness. Because actually the place where everything we need comes from is Jesus, not by our own provision. Where should our daily bread come from? Give us today our daily bread. No, no, no. Let me go and find myself our daily bread. No. God, give us today all that we're going to need. Give us everything we need. And the Bible is so filled with God is going to provide all that we need every single day. Now he does that by giving us jobs and helping us be good at doing what we're doing, but actually God wants the provision to come from him. He does that in everything of life. Every miracle that happens, he wants him to have the glory back from him providing all that we need. And so us choosing to say, not what a good boy am I, but how good is God, that is denying denying ourselves because it's not about what I've done it's about what he's done so when you eat your lunch today and you have a nice roast beef dinner or whatever it is you eat on a Sunday in today's world 30 years ago you used to be able to predict what we were going to eat for Sunday lunch Joan's nodding at me there I can still predict what Joan's going to eat for Sunday lunch <laughs> it'd be fish <laughs> but it's not about what we're going to eat for lunch, but it's about saying, God, thank you for your provision for me. In every part of life, thank you for your provision for me. Following Jesus isn't all roses. It's not all perfect. It is about also taking on that cross, that burden that we have. And that burden is following Jesus. You know, if somebody said to you, become a Christian and all your problems are going to disappear, it doesn't work. You get you get somebody who can help you solve the problems though. 
you get Jesus with you who helps you in every moment. So really this deny yourself and take up your cross is all about put your own selfishness under the perspective of who God is, of who Jesus is, because Jesus was the ultimate unselfish person who died on a cross. And he died on a cross for you. And he died on a cross for you not being worthy of it. Think about that. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. While you didn't deserve it and hadn't done anything worthy of it, Jesus died for you. You know, Jesus even said, what is love that a man lays down his life for somebody else? It's incredible, isn't it? How unselfish Jesus was. And so the last D then is all about depend on Jesus. Have you got this? So Luke 18 and uh, Mark 10, 21 and Matthew 20, uh, 19, verse 21 and Luke 18, 22. So if you read Luke 18, 22 with me, it says, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. This isn't poverty. This is about Jesus choosing to actually say, you need to depend on me. It's linked to the deny yourself bit, but actually Jesus was speaking to rich people. He was speaking to people who had a problem with money and wealth and things like that, their own sort of financial security. And he's saying, you need to make your trust be in Jesus. I'm pretty sure they didn't understand that in the way that we can today because they saw Jesus and I think it would have been easier for me to trust somebody who I could see and I could see the disciples with him and said yeah I want to be that but actually we're Jesus' disciples when people see you they should have a trust in Jesus because we're supposed to be representing Jesus and so we need to be part of that as well we need to get to a place where we are depending on Jesus for everything we need in life because where should peace come from? Jesus. Where does true peace come from? Jesus. Where does satisfaction and fullness of life come from? You know, it's, it's not hard. We think it might be stuff or what everybody else is doing, but actually we know that it only comes from Jesus. If you want to feel real love, there's no one greater than Jesus. If you want to feel real satisfaction for something important in life, follow Jesus. It's not a hard something once you understand this, but it does take us depending on Jesus and choosing to trust him for everything that we have in life. So I want to give you a challenge today on each of those sort of four points that we had. Remember that you have been directly called from God. God has called you out by name and said, follow me. Have you got that? There's nobody listening to my voice or watching at home, in the building or not in the building, whether you're watching it live today or you're watching this at some point in the future, that God hasn't got a plan for. And it's up to us whether we choose to listen to him and follow him or we choose to put our fingers in our ears, like I'm sure our dog did sometimes, and say, I can tell you there, because he often did that 
you'd look at you and go, yeah, no, I'm still going my way. I don't want to be a human that does that. I don't want to be somebody who rejects God. When God says your name, when God is speaking to you, respond to him. Don't half acknowledge him and then decide to go and do it your own way. Acknowledge him and go and do it. The next point is don't be distracted. What have you got that's distracting you from following Jesus? There's so much in life. We live in a busy world and we've let so much distract us. It might be that you've got stuff going on in life. Do you know what? God will solve that for you too. Don't be distracted. Just follow Jesus. The third one was deny yourself. Stop being selfish. Stop making it all about what you need and start to give some glory that God is going to provide all that you need. And then that fourth point was about depend on Jesus. Depend on Jesus for everything that you need. I want to read that verse that we started with at the beginning. And we're just going to take a little bit of time together for you to actually search for God, his calling of you. That verse right at the very beginning, John 10, 27, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So today I want to ask you the question that says, are you recognizing the voice of God? Are you recognizing God speaking to you? Do you know, the Holy Spirit has already been at work in each and every one of us. And I believe today something will have quickened in something that I've said that God's helped direct to me that the Holy Spirit inside you is going to speak to you. And that's going to be you starting to recognize God actually speaking to you. It might not come in a loud, booming voice, but it comes in something being confirmed inside you that you get to a place where you say, I know that that is Jesus speaking to me. You might not even know Jesus today. You might feel like this is the first time that somebody's ever spoken to me like this. And today I want to give you the invitation to say, get to know Jesus. It is the best thing that you can do in the whole of your life. And sorry for me getting emotional, but knowing Jesus will change your life. And for you guys who know Jesus, when you think about how incredible it is that Jesus chose you, it should change you. And if you haven't made Jesus your personal savior and said, I'm following you. Today, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. That is simple. That is you where you're at saying, on the inside, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to choose to ignore Jesus. I'm going to follow him. I'm not going to be a dog that's at the porch door in the garden saying, oh yeah, somebody wants me. No, I'm going to actually come and follow Jesus and I'm going to walk with him every step of my life. Remember that Jesus knows you. And for some people today, you just need to remember that God's plans for you are not what was past. God's plans for you is what comes ahead. God's plans are you are not what you've done, but it's what you're going to do with him. You're not going to be distracted. You're going to deny yourself 
and you're going to actually choose to depend on Jesus. Then we can do the last part of that verse that says, they're going to follow me. Because today I want to give you that challenge to say, follow Jesus. It's going to be a tough moment for some of you today because I do believe that you can make a decision today that's going to change the trajectory of your life, of your understanding of Jesus, that's going to change the whole of your future. That probably won't mean you giving up your job or selling all your wealth or something else that might appear crazy, but it will mean you choosing to say, I'm going to fully depend on Jesus. I'm going to deny my selfishness. I'm not going to be distracted and I'm going to acknowledge that Jesus is calling me. So right where you're at, take a moment. You might want to bow your head in prayer and not be distracted by somebody else. This is your moment to be able to communicate with Jesus and say, I am going to follow Jesus. Take a moment and do that right now. pray now for each and every one of you. God, thank you that you called us by name. Thank you that you know us individually and we cannot escape that. Thank you that you have an incredible future ahead for each and every one of us. Thank you that you've asked us to follow you. And I pray today that you will give us enough enough gumption, enough boldness, enough trust in you that we can follow you. Help us to step out into those things that you've been speaking to us about. Help us to acknowledge that you do want to know us, that you did die for us, that you love us. Help us to follow you in every step of our lives. Help us to not be consumed with selfishness, but to choose to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to give Jesus the glory. I'm going to depend on him for every part of my life. Amen. Amen. If God has spoken to you today, if maybe today's been your first day of saying, I'm following Jesus, if you want to speak with one of our pastoral team today, please do come and get in touch with us. If you're online, get in touch with us online. If you're in the building, come and grab one of us. It would be great to be able to pray with you, to be able to rejoice with you if it's your first day of saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. If maybe you've been away from God for a while and you say, do you know what? I'm putting my life back in line with how God wants me to be and I'm following Jesus today. Let us know that too. Thanks so much for being with us today if you've got kids that are in Sunday school they're going to be coming back down in a minute so please would you sort of stay where you're at if you've got kids so they know where to come and find you don't forget today as well is our last day of having ice creams on a Sunday 
I think we should make it a normal tradition to have ice creams every Sunday. So after the service in the atrium, there is ice creams, there are pound, all the funds raised go to our missions work. Don't forget Wednesday night, cafes open from six, concert starts at 6.30 for a great time of worship together. Thanks so much for being with us today and God bless you.